0: You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network.
1: This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. It was a march of many dangers. Sharp teeth stalked the herds. Waiting to seize any who strayed, the leaf eaters stopped
0: only to hatch their young. This part always upset me as a kid, like thinking that the they'd kill the little babies in the eggs. I think there's a part later on, where like something steals it from the nest. Oh. But anyway, welcome to A. You make an <laughs> It's like that Dave Chappelle skit. That's, that's still one of my favorite skits from that whole show, it was so great. But welcome to 80's Revisited, the finale of Animation Fest, as we talk about what I would say was probably the best film that we're covering in this block of animation, The Land Before Time, released November 18th, oh, sorry, of course, I'm your host, Trey Harris, and with me as always, my own little Triceratops, I don't know, it's a terrible segue. My loyal producer, sharp tooth producer, Jesse Sedgwick. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, see a herbivore and a carnivore working in peace.
1: There you or a go.
0: long neck and a triceratops playing together. <laughs> you know, they're not supposed to play together. But anyway, Land Before Time came out November eighteenth, nineteen 1998. IMDb says this movie is a 7.3 and not as good as Flight of Dragons. <laughs> I disagree. A Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 70% critic, 78% audience, which is still 9% less audience-wise than Last Unicorn. Hmm. Nevertheless... Uh, certified fresh, I guess. I think seventies fresh. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, this is the second film on this our little animation fest done by Don Bluth, who directed of course he did our first one with American Tale, Un American Tale, and also of course All Dogs Go to Heaven and some many other films as well. This one was written by Stuart Krieger. Uh, the only other film that he did of note this is the part I was talking about. Yeah. Like, oh no. But anyway, a little football style. But
1: uh
0: <laughs> the only other the only other film he did of note was the Polly Shore classic in the Army Now. So yeah, the same writer, The Lane Before Time, did in the Army Now. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, starring Gabriel Damon as Littlefoot. Now, you know, as a kid, I loved this movie, watched it a ton. Never knew this till I looked this up for this podcast. But the voice actor that did Littlefoot, I was like, he looks familiar when I saw his picture on IV. And then then I realized he was the little punk ass drug dealer in Robocop 2. <laughs>
1: Yo, bitch! I'm Littlefoot.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, that was, was kind of shocking, you know, because mm. you go from, you know, Littlefoot, the lovable little long neck, to the foul mouthed little truck dealer in Robocop <laughs> 2. So yeah, you know, it's so, a choice. You know, nature, not nurture. I guess whatever. Yeah, Candace Hudson was Sarah. Uh, she did. She reprised the role of Sarah in Land Before Time Two and Four, but not the other uh, eight sequels. And also had a recurring role in the Burt Reynolds. Uh, sitcom Evening Shade, which I didn't like, but my parents liked. So, yeah. What, I don't even remember it was. About. Oh, the only thing I remember about that show, I think Michael Jeter was in it. And that was about it. He was like the comic. He was the uh, Barney Fife-ish character or something, something like that. <laughs> uh, Will Ryan was Petrie. He had uh, some, a lot of the voices in G.I. Joe. And he also, to tie it into a previous work by Don Bluth, he was Digit in An American Tale. Uh, the late Judith Barcy, a veteran of the podcast, was Ducky. Uh, you may or may not remember her from our amazing review of Jaws the Revenge uh, one of the lowest rated movies we did on the podcast she was the little girl who narrowly avoids getting revenged upon on the banana boat mm. uh, she also was a voice in All Logs Go to Heaven but unf- All Logs Go to Heaven All, all Logs yeah Logs it's <laughs> big it's heavy it's wood if it dies it goes to heaven uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven Yes. but uh, also she tragically was killed by her father uh, shortly I believe actually before the release of this movie Huh. Um, we talked about that on the Jaws of Revenge thing. I think it was, you know, a uh, child abuse situation and, you know, I mean, well, tragic in tragic result to it, unfortunately, for her. Uh, film career cut short. Uh, the late, great Pat Hingle was the narrator. Of course, he was Commissioner Gordon in the uh, Burton and the Schumacher Batman movies. And most recently on the podcast, he was the mayor in Maximum Overdrive that had, or not the mayor, I'm sorry, the... Uh, Cafe owner that had a stockpile of weapons mm. in Maximum Overdrive, so a veteran of the podcast on a couple of episodes, and most notably, but uncredited except into research it on IMDb, but Frank Welker was Spike. Frank Welker, I know, if, I know that name. Or you should. It's Megatron, and pretty much a voice in every single cartoon from the '80s. I believe he has nearly 800 credits on IMDb. Yes uh, is. Why it's
1: taking so long to load? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he's if, if there is a cartoon, most likely Frank Welker has done a voice in it. Hmm. You've heard this man's voice. He's a chameleon of voices. Many different uh, characters to his credit. But yeah, Land Before Time. I remember seeing this film in the theater. And of course, as any other kid, loved dinosaurs. Had tons of dinosaur books. You know, watch Dinosaurs and Dino Riders and Denver, the Last Dinosaur, waiting for other <laughs> cartoons to come on. You know, dinosaurs were big, uh, you know, big, uh, a big deal and when, uh, with children and obviously kids' movies and then also cartoons, especially in the 80s. And I guess to today, in some regard, uh, a good friend of ours, kids love Jurassic World and all that, but not exactly a cartoon. Uh, but, you know, dinosaurs were always, always, uh, as a kid, one of the, you know, for me, next to sharks, it was dinosaurs. Love dinosaurs. And now, you know, since there is no brontosaurus, you know, there's no Pluto. You know, in fact, a, friend, a good friend of mine, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they were like, they, uh, they helped me realize that, you know, the brontosaurus is sort of like the Pluto of dinosaurs. It'll always be there in our hearts. Hmm. St- I'm, I'll never call it an apatosaurus. I'm sorry. It's a brontosaurus. It's a long <laughs> neck. Fuck that.
1: Yeah, no one's going to correct you.
0: I hope not. Well, my, uh, <laughs> uh, Have you met my wife? <laughs> oh, right. One of our first arguments ever was the fact that the brontosaurus never existed, according to her, because it's the apatosaurus. Although, it did exist because that's what it was called for years. So, whatever. Anyway. I mean,
1: who decides what exists?
0: Some fucking paleontologist <laughs> with a piece of paper on his wallet says right. he's a paleontologist. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway. As far as I'm concerned, it's the brontosaurus. Till the day I that's die. like
1: saying soda pop doesn't exist because we don't call it that here. But, yeah. you know, maybe we call it the br- brontosaurus around here. Yeah, that's
0: what it's known about <laughs> in these here parts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that philosophy. We'll settle with that. <laughs> yeah, but Yeah. It's a regional thing. <laughs> 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 that works. It's that's logical. But yeah, Land for Time was a. I remember when it came out; it was a big movie. Like all the kids liked it. Uh, I mean, it was for as far as the kids' movie goes, it was big. And again, this is 1988. This is right before the Disney Renaissance started. With like the Little Mermaid, I think it was The Little Mermaid was '89 or maybe the same year. But uh, like we mentioned before, and pretty much in the early uh, early '80s until the pretty much the Little Mermaid kicked off the Disney Renaissance. You didn't have there, you know, you had Don Bluth. He was with an American Tale in the late, in I think it was 86, 87, whenever, and then this, and All Dogs Go to Heaven. I mean, he was kind of what animation was in the 80s. And especially after watching Flight of Dragons and The Last Unicorn (laughs) and even The Black Cauldron, uh, like we talked about on American Tale, the amount of animation that goes into a Don Bluth film, and then watching those previous ones I mentioned, and then watching this. Just like, okay, this is an animated movie. Yeah. I mean, it's exceptionally well animated. You don't see the same shot of He-Man running towards the camera over and over, <laughs> picking up the same rock and throwing it. You know, it's just well, well animated, and just a, it's a piece of art to actually watch, you know. Because, like, uh, in case you forgot about the American Tail thing I was talking about, like, uh there's a picture of Don Bluth where he's standing next to a stack of paper maybe up to a little bit below his knee, and that was the amount of animation that went into a feature-length movie before An American Tale. And All then right. there's a stack of paper up to his head, and that's how much animation was in An American Tale and, obviously, his other films. It was an extravagant amount of work and you know some of the best animation, hand-drawn animation there is outside of a Disney film, obviously. Uh, in fact, uh, I think the, one of the biggest deals with uh, Princess and the Frog was that it was a return to traditional Hand yeah. animation, I was a big deal about it. And it showed when you watch it, mm-hmm. just the animation, the quality of it. I tell you, I went,
1: went to a Disney event that was held in Baton Rouge, where they showed a, a really early footage of that movie. Really? Yeah, it was on the top floor of the Hilton. Oh, wow. Was when, it part of
0: Animation Fest or some like different... It, it was
1: a part of the Red Stick Animation Fest, but it was open only to uh, media. Was, oh, wow. I worked for the magazine at the time. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. And... I was graphics. I had no yeah. business being there, but they were like, oh, you'd like this. Come on with us and we'll do a story on it. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was cool to see that because this was months before it even came out. Wow. But yeah, I got to see like really early footage. It would cut to the, the papers and then they would show that what they had animated so oh, far. That's awesome. and, yeah. That's cool amazing. <laughs> I mean, animate,
0: like an animated animation in general, like it's just, just mind blowing to mm-hmm. I me, mean, like the amount of work that goes into oh, imagine that. Imagine your in, days. Show up at 9 a.m. I draw. I drew I'm gonna this, draw this. I drew. i to draw this <laughs> dinosaur for 20 for 10 hours, and, and all he's gonna do is just look up and yeah. to show same him where over. his eyes are
1: down. Move his eyes up. Move his eyes up. It's uh, so and much.
0: Then, and the thing is, when you look at like this scene we're watching now in The Little Swamp, I mean, it's not just again. It's not an episode of GI Joe or He-Man or Transformers where they're just. All, the only thing moving are the characters. I mean, you have background integration. You have shadow. Mm-hmm. You have the characters moving. This is an, an unbelievable amount of work yeah. in these films. And it, it shows in every frame. It's absolutely just amazing to watch. I mean, you know, water physics and animation. Hand-drawn animation.
1: I got to imagine th- computer animations way... I mean, even on the highest levels, it's got to be way easier than what the amount of work these took. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't completely agree with that. I mean, just I mean, and you know, like when you're when you're storyboarding this. Okay, they're gonna have some. They're gonna be running through the water. Okay, well, you just added how much work to that scene to have yeah. like the animate the water and.
1: We hired two guys to be our water dudes. <laughs> you're gonna do <laughs> water just for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. And oh, oh, and I'm glad this part was playing. Um, I I guarantee you, Spielberg reference shots from this film for Jurassic Park. There oh, are several yeah, yeah. shots in this film that if you could overlay him over Jurassic Park, he ripped. ripped oh, I say ripped off. He did produce this film, so he reused. He well, he didn't direct it. So oh, he yeah. kind of he totally ripped off hit Don Bluth's work in Land Before Time on several several classic moments from Jurassic Park. Just watch Land Before Time, and there's several pieces you be like, okay, that's from Jurassic Park.
1: Those a really long T Rex arm. He think almost reaches that e- like top of his head. <laughs>
0: Now we get the the death match. Yeah. And again, in typical '80s and well, most anim, most animated movies, of course, one of the parents dies. And this one was always so sad because she actually is dying, and he gets to talk to her. It's not just like yeah. you know a gunshot and then she's gone. It's like you must live on. I'll be with you forever. And As a kid, get it was so sad. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, this movie, revisiting it, it was still whoa. <laughs> What that's why they get. That's why the T Rex have such big legs because they can jump. Jeez. Well, you've seen Godzilla. That motherfucker can jump,
1: yeah. man. They can jump beyond their height. That's nuts. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> no wonder they keep finding big footprints of them. <laughs> yeah. it's an the impact crater <laughs> from the leap. Oh wow, he could crack the earth.
0: He's like a. Uh that inhuman in Marvel comics yeah. organ just slammed the ground gets <laughs> <laughs> his earthquake attack. Uh, and again, somebody animated every frame of that yeah. seismic activity. Just just an ungodly amount of work.
1: This T-Rex is OP. <laughs>
0: Although he still can't and get him. And all of him. his
1: steps are breaking the earth.
0: <laughs> Jeez. And look how gore. I mean, just It does. It looks great. It's just fantastic. Uh, not on Netflix. The first one isn't on Netflix but there are ways to watch it if you haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but watching it again, it was if I had a bowl of Captain Crunch, it would have been like I was a kid again. Uh, I haven't seen it in 20-plus years, probably. And it was just like I remembered the lines, remembered some of the scenes, and it was still as enjoyable as watching it when I was a kid. Still a, a, a fantastically great animated movie. Uh, mo- more, This should be one that more... Obviously, it's, it was successful because there was 12, 11 sequels. And uh, some other stuff we'll get into in just a minute. But, uh, you know, it's not one that you usually, or I hear about, we have, a lot of our friends have kids, is all I'm trying to get at. And usually usually mm-hmm. don't hear about this is not one that people are showing their kids, so to speak. But, I mean, it's, it's still a fantastic film and just a pleasure to watch. Uh, not binge-watch like when you were a newer kid, but it's, it's worth checking out again to remember how good binge it is.
1: Binge-watch all 15.
0: <laughs> good God. <laughs> I don't know, I think I'm, I, I might actually would rather watch Flight of Dragons one more time.
1: Maybe do like a Shia LaBeouf <laughs> thing and film
0: yourself watching all
1: 15 of them.
0: In an elevator. <laughs> in an elevator. For 24 hours. <laughs> watching Every Land Before Time.
1: Oh my God.
0: I mean, it, it's, it's the law of averages. Each one has to be exponentially worse than the last one. Of course. One. <laughs> but uh, so trivia about this fantastic film. Uh, this is the, and, and I didn't even think about this because, as a kid, because most animated movies are musicals. This is not a musical. Mm. There's not a song point, in it yeah. except the Diana Ross song at the end. Uh, an astounding twelve sequels have been made, as well as eight games, two sing-along videos, and a TV series. Yet this wow. is the only one without singing and dancing animals. So, uh, speaking of the theme song, uh, it was called "If We Hold On Together" by Diana, by, uh, by Diana Ross. was a huge hit in Japan. It did so well there that it's practically still a karaoke standard what? in Japan. Wait. Which, and if you listen to the song, like it doesn't seem like it'd be one that somebody would want to do karaoke. You know it's not like exactly a karaoke song but i guess some there's a big hit in 1988. wow so. Anna ross it's not disco no <laughs> <laughs> that'd
1: be a funny way to end the movie
0: your way. <laughs> see? Boo! boo i can
1: see japanese doing this
0: boo when he fits the Boom! Uh, Twenty-nine species of animals were featured in the film. Five of them were already extinct by the time the movie was set. However, oh, here's like you're gonna fun say they
1: were extinct by the time the movie was made. I was like, yeah, they <laughs> oh, probably yeah, all were. They all were, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, savage Land, bro. Yeah, There's, yeah. And, uh, we you know, don't know everything yet. Here's like a time. You know, you think about time. Here's a here's one of the, a cool fact that I've heard before, but I heard it recently. And of course, we're talking about dinosaurs. We are closer Humanity to, We are closer today To when T-Rex existed Than the Stegosaurus was To when T-Rex existed Oh wow Because <laughs> <laughs> of course You always imagine That badass fight Stegosaurus would totally Like kill yeah. a T-Rex Nah They didn't even know What they looked like Right No clue uh, It was George Lucas's idea To make Sarah A girl Triceratops One of his few good ideas mm-hmm. Post Star Wars I should say Mm-hmm. Uh, or post-original trilogy, uh, outside of the Indiana Jones franchise, this is the only film to be co-produced by both Lucas and Spielberg. Uh, originally, Spielberg and Lucas actually wanted the film not to have any dialogue, which would have been interesting and maybe could have wow. worked. Wow! Uh, but then they pretty much realized to make the film appealing to children, they had to have dialogue. So,
1: are there other movies you could think of that don't have dialogue?
0: That like no. I mean. You know, uh, their uh, their reason for doing it was uh, they liked the uh, part in Fantasia, the uh, with the dancing hippos, right? A spring sequence, how they tell the story with no sound when I mean, it's just the music playing, but then they're telling the story with just the animation or with what's happening. That was kind of their where to go with.
1: jeez they are not popular. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, there's there's really not much there without some dialogue.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh,
0: oh, wait, no, no. All is lost is a fantastic movie but he does talk in the beginning.
1: Yeah, this is little or no dialogue films. Um,
0: that movie is great though. I yeah, watched it on it's a on plane my list. coming back from uh coming back from Europe actually. So See if I
1: could learn something for a drift.
0: <laughs> it's good like it's 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 a good like I was surprised how much I liked it hmm. after I watched it. Cuz it's so funny. On that plane trip back, I watched All Is Lost and Lock, two very unique movies for one, you know, one guy in a car the whole time, the other guy a guy on a boat the whole time. Who, Pretty much only says two sentences of dialogue the entire time. But mm. All Is Lost was, I really enjoyed it. Really good. And I, can't, I don't know if Redford actually directed it as well, but it was, every aspect of it was well done. Really, really good.
1: There's uh, your modern suggest. What was it called again? All, All Is, is Lost? Lost.
0: Yeah, it came out a few years ago. To, yeah, 2013. Um, no, he didn't direct it.
1: Yeah, but, same but it's a director, it's good. writer. Oh. Um, really,
0: most violent year. That's the only thing I've heard heard about that he did. Yep, not a lot. Man, not much. Hmm. All his loss was great though. I recommend that one for twenty. The odd teens revisited. <laughs> Check it out if you haven't seen it. it plays uh, off the tongue. It used. To, I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not, but it was on Netflix. Uh, wow, nobody
1: else is in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean it's literally him. <laughs> the whole like you don't see anybody else. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch that
0: then. It's 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 really good. Like seriously, like I, I thoroughly, I wasn't bored. Uh, I was enthralled and enjoyed the movie the whole time. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, one of the biggest things I've always remembered about Land Before Time was the the toys I had. They were little hand puppets, and then until I was reading this, I didn't couldn't remember where I got them from. But it was a Pizza Hut promotion. Uh, if you like went and got like a large pizza, you got a free hand puppet of one of the characters. And, I, and the one thing I remember about it as well was in front of the VHS, they had the Pizza Hut commercial in front of the VHS, but the hand puppets were like—you
1: mean this commercial, not that? There it is.
0: Probably. Littlefoot, Stella,
1: Ducky, and Spike share an incredible journey along the way. They become best friends.
0: Now we'll always be together. Until now, I go fight Robocop Yeah, can be
1: your child's friends too yeah. You stick your hand in their oh, gigantic yeah. buttholes oh, well, And move time their time limbs
0: around Well all oh,
1: stiff, I do remember that They were like really hard to move Yeah,
0: I mean you could just you wiggle, wiggle. them And the only one I didn't have was Sarah And I always kept going back to Begging my parents to go to Pizza Hut In fact, no, I don't know if you remember Did you have Book It when you were in school?
1: Mm, no, I don't think so
0: Okay, when I was a kid they had, and I'm sure some of our listeners remember it there was a, It was called Book It and basically, you'd have to read five books, and you had a button, a little holographic button, and they put a star on it for each book you read. And once you had five, you got a free personal pan pizza. Oh, so I would straight up read books to get to go to Pizza Hut, a for the pan pizza, and play that uh, karate game with the yellow and <laughs> the—I mean—the red and the white gi on the log. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Car- yeah, it's called car- uh, karate, karate wasn't master
0: it? or something. Anyway, but Pizza Hut that had that, but then also Pizza Hut would also have like kung promotions.
1: fu, I think. I don't Shoot. remember. Kung uh, Fu. I,
0: know, I remember Kung Fu on NES with the bosses, but the arcade game. I mean, we something. had it
1: at Incas. We had two things. We had that game and we had Miss Pac-Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that game was awesome because it was either punch or kick.
1: Yeah. It was on the locker. <laughs> and it was awesome. I bet it's still up there, too. I should go play it. No.
0: <laughs> uh, that one, I saw one picture of Kung Fu. Oh, there? There's a the picture of it. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. But what is it? Karate Champ. Was it? This is the one. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's the one we have right there.
0: Um. A lot of fond memories of that game. <laughs> yeah. It was so awesome. Anyway, so, anyway, so I utilized Book It as an excuse. I would read books, which is a good thing, and I love reading anyway, but I would like power through book after book to get my five stars on my Book It button so my parents would then reward me and take me to Pizza Hut. And when they were doing this damn promotion, I read like fucking 20 books a week. Just, I gotta get Pam pan pizza. They expire, expires. Gotta go to Book It. <laughs> Get the pan pizza. Oh, 99 cents for Land Before Time Puppet. They never had Sarah. So I never had Sarah. But I distinctly, that was a huge part of my childhood for like a month while I ran that promotion trying to get all the Land Before Time Puppets.
1: They're having the 30th anniversary, or this was two years ago, oh, for no, Book It.
0: Uh, there, that's the fucking button. That's exactly it.
1: They're inviting alumni back to the program offering free Pizza Hut
0: <laughs> like, walk, <well>, I expect <laughs> them all getting like so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, here it comes, here comes. Oh, it's the bookie Kings. <laughs> and of course, as a kid, the pan pizza was just perfect size it for was. you. but like I ordered that a lot. You get one recently, and it's like, I need like, uh, I need like four, <laughs> uh, four personal pan pizzas, please. Yes,
1: I'm an American, damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that was a huge, like... God, I love that shit. It was awesome. But anyway, uh, there were actually some scenes that were, quote, deemed too frightening and could even cause psychological damage to young children... Which totaled up to about 19 scenes, mainly pertaining to the T-Rex fight, and the five characters in peril of distress were cut from the land before time. Don Bluth was so unhappy with the cuts, he fought to keep the footage, but he felt like he had to do so, making the film only six to nine minutes one of his shortest. And also, apparently that footage has been lost, so there's no, unless somebody finds it somewhere in a can, we'll never see that other 19 scenes that were considered too dark Mm. for this film. Which is saying a lot, <laughs> especially after, you know, well, of course this isn't post-Black Cauldron and, I mean, The Last Unicorn came out a few years before this with, you know, uh, harpy titties and some blood and stuff like that, so. Yeah, I love was, harpy titties. You know, I mean, well, you know, this is late, <laughs> that was mid-80s, this is late 80s, so, excuse me, you know, parents were starting to wise up and parental advisory stickers were becoming relevant and all that bullshit. But anyway, Land Before Time. As a kid, loved it. One of my favorite animated movies. Liked it better than American Tales. As a kid, as an adult, it is far better than American Tale. It's still enjoyable to watch and reminisce about. Brings back a whole bunch of feelings of nostalgia. I would give it an 8. still highly, highly enjoyable and fun to watch. And definitely, if you have children, and you've seen... Remember watching this movie as a kid? Buy this movie. Go to Amazon... Go to uh, awesomepods.com with the Amazon link... <laughs> And get the hell get more than one because I'm sure if you're I don't are think we're gonna, part of that program anymore. Oh, though. never mind. Well, just however you go to Amazon.
1: Now you can go whatever site you want. Yeah, because we didn't. Hop make on enough. your phone,
0: do all that stuff. At least get the first one, and if they love it enough, maybe get them a couple more because you have twelve to choose from. Mm. So there's plenty to go around. And get them some books. Educate your children on dinosaurs. Uh In fact, a uh, friend of my, friend of ours had a birthday party, a Jurassic World-themed birthday party this past weekend, and I was busy, but we were playing D- D- D&D that night, so I went to the store and bought an A to Z dinosaur book for a two-year-old, and actually uh, for the dad to give to the kid. In fact, I read it before I gave it to him and learned about a couple of new dinosaurs. Hmm. And, in, and pretty much you can tell if a dinosaur was indigenous to the Chinese region, because the name pretty much lets you know that it's a Chinese dinosaur. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Let's see, this released November 18th, 1988, on the same day Ronald Reagan signed the bill providing the death penalty for murderous drug traffickers, part of the War on Drugs. So, you know, November 17th, if you got busted for trafficking illegal drugs, you you couldn't get the death penalty. But hey, if you went to the land before time and made a drug deal and got busted, death penalty's on the table, bro. (laughs) You might still be on death row waiting for that shit. So, but anyway, and that was the way it was in 1988. And to round out our fantastic look back at some of these animated films, that some we liked, some we hated, some we were indifferent to, my 10 favorite cartoons of my childhood, the Trey's top 10 cartoons of the 80s. These are the ones that did my best not to miss, remember most of the episodes, mm. or just flat out enjoyed more than I probably should have <laughs> retrospectively. Or not enough. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and some most of, and, and you know, as we'll get through them, I mean, so many of these are still relevant today. Uh, which, a good, for a good reason. But uh, number 10, Inspector Gadget. Uh, uh, I believe that one pretty much, for the most part, came on Nickelodeon, if I remember correctly. But absolutely loved Inspector Gadget. Always thought that would be an amazing power to have, just to be able to do anything. You know, in But fact, you'd uh, have
1: to not be human.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, is he human? They don't ever say. He has a kid.
1: You have to be made of gears. So years.
0: is he, uh, you know, is it just his brain? <laughs> I don't, he's like he, Robocop. He wasn't even that smart, either. And also, when he does this flashlight, he's slipping the bird. But it was so awesome. He was he was like he was MacGyver, except he didn't have to make anything. He just had it built in. And I never saw the Matthew Broderick Disney movies, because it just looked like it would tarnish what I remember about the show, Loving. <laughs> in fact, for a Halloween party, I I remember, the year where we did the uh, cartoon characters, after we already got our costumes it hit me that I could easily could have made an Inspector Gadget costume with a ceiling fan. yeah, And been Inspector Gadget. But maybe that, next time. How about the, the big <laughs> yeah, air just suits. get one of the big air suits and put this a trench coat thing. on. <laughs> Good idea. But yeah, Inspector Gadget number 10. Number 9, one of the best theme songs of the 80s, Muppet Babies. And this is one uh. that, I, you know, I love my wife. We have some things in common, a lot of stuff we don't. But one thing I know that if I start singing the theme song "Come Muppet Babies she will follow it up and immediately join in with me. Because she'll be like, I'll be like, are you feeling good, baby? And she's like, no. I'm like, are you feeling kind of weird? <laughs> and then we'll just sing the Muppet Baby's theme song. So it's always a fun time. And it's still a great cartoon. And as, I mean, the Muppets have a TV show right now. So, I mean, the Muppets are, have been relevant since their inception. they just the end of the season for that. Yep. Yeah. I only saw the first couple episodes because we don't have cable. But uh, I enjoyed it. Just not not watched anything else on it. But anyway, Muppet Babies, number nine. Number eight, another Nickelodeon, uh, at least aired on Nickelodeon here, and one of the best theme songs ever of the 80s, Danger Mouse. And in fact, uh, I believe they're trying to resurrect this show as well. Uh, now, of course, this only came on, like, very rare what i was able to catch on Nickelodeon. It would usually come on, like, they would do an episode, a little short episode of Danger Mouse and then an episode of Banana Man or something. But uh, the original show, I didn't have
1: already done it. Oh, they did. Well, they. Oh, it's just have twenty six episodes and sixteen have played so far.
0: Ooh, sweet! I know I'm watching when I get home after I play (laughs) the division. But uh, anyway, uh, it was very hard to catch this show. But it always usually come on like at six between a little duo block of Danger Mouse and Banana Man on Nickelodeon. Hmm. So I always thought it was just only a few episodes, but. The original run of the series was like eighty something, like a ton of episodes. Uh, but of course, this was produced in England. It was big over there because he—it's—he's an English secret agent. It's a play on Danger, uh, James Bond. But uh, he, ton, like we talked about uh, underrated shows a couple episodes ago, how like you know some of these shows only had thirty-six episodes. Danger Mouse had like nearly hundred, maybe like eighty something, ninety something. Uh, incredible amount of shows as opposed to some of the other cartoons that are well well revered but in a sense weren't as popular in terms of or had longevity kind of like Danger Mouse did. This looks fucking awesome. It looks just like the old one but clean enough to where it looks modern. Right. And they kept the theme song. It's up updated it a little bit but it's the best. Greatest. Danger, Danger. Mouse fucking awesome
1: (laughs) this is on the cbbc
0: that's so awesome they kept i like that's awesome i'm excited (laughs) anyway let's see that was number eight number seven another one that's arguably about to be or is or, or actually this one's more popular now because of the remastered version of the video game but also i've heard that they're about to restart the series as well ducktales Oh. which we talked about as well on the theme song episode. You know, if the if the theme song is great, the show... Yeah, usually. There's a good except chance for that the show's going to be good. Yeah, except gummy bears and, you know, but we talked about that, <laughs> so... But yeah, I mean, of course, when DuckTales came out on NES, fantastic game. They did the remaster on PS3 and Xbox 360. Just as fun. I mean, it was one of those games I could just, uh, I started playing like I remembered everything. Just, okay, I gotta watch out for this shit. Watch out for this attack. Oh, there's a hidden room up here, et cetera, et cetera. Tons of fun. But the cartoon itself was a lot of fun and really enjoyable. Uh, number six, now we're getting to the, the, the bread and butter of amazing cartoons. The, these are the six greatest cartoons of all time. Not counting X-Men or... Oh, the 80s. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you got <laughs> X-Men and Batman Amorite series and Gargoyle. There's some other good ones out there. Yeah. But this is like... These are the ones that define my childhood. Uh, number six, Voltron. Still fucking get chills when I hear that intro and that the animation was... So, this Voltron Voltron Transformers probably had the best animation of any of the cartoons of the 80s. They had that, that Japanimation style because they were basically imported from Japan <laughs> and then dubbed. But... Just gorgeous, and in fact, uh, I, in I have all the seasons of Voltron on DVD, and I've rewatched that entire roll. series, and it was still amazing, still enjoyable. Regions, mm. Completely formulaic for an episode, Cost but so when Voltron, fun. when they go to that chant and they form Voltron, it's still Defender so badass. I mean, look at this intro, it's fucking oh, amazing. Oh it still looks better than most of the shows on today. Oh no, this is uh, DuckTales coming out, I see you have it on the screen. Or, was, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. A it's actually,
1: um, today, the day we're recording this, they released a still, the first still from the series. I don't see how that's a still, though. That just looks like art.
0: Yeah, it looks like a drawing. But it looks like DuckTales. It's
1: the first glimpse of it.
0: And strangely enough, Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro, is working on a Voltron reboot for Netflix, which I am eagerly anticipating. So, Mm -hmm. Voltron's about to come back in a big way. And there are Voltron Snuggies. I've seen them. Autumn or anniversary is in two days. I know you're not listening, but I've (laughs) given many hints that I'd like a Voltron Snuggie.
1: Today, actually, is uh, St. Patrick's Day. You never mentioned the Irish connection. Jesse, you're a genius. Uh,
0: We're just going so fast. But before the show, we were talking like, oh, we would have planned it better. We could have done an an Irish movie in celebration of St. Patty's Day. Uh, and we actually looked up online movies, or Jesse, did, I should say. because I said Irish
1: here. 80s movies.
0: And we're looking like, oh, yeah, we could have done Rawhead Rex, you know, My Left Foot. And then we happen to notice that the land before time is on this list. <laughs> and we're like, what the heck? Like, that has to be an How, error. Why, why is it like this? Well, one of the production companies, and it was... Fin- the film was actually finished in Dublin with uh, Sullivan Blues, at Sullivan Blue Studios in Dublin, Ireland. Mm-hmm. So happy St. Paddy's Day, everybody! <laughs> it's a Patty's The Day. Land Before Time is an Irish movie. And a, yeah. Well, to quote Wikipedia, an American Irish movie. Yeah. So, thank you to our Irish friends so for giving us not just you two, that. and Liam Neeson, but also Land Before Time. Yeah. So we appreciate it. Good good call, Jesse. We totally would have thought about that <laughs> next episode. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot to mention that. We were so excited about it. That's we thought why, about it in the middle of the top ten list. That's why you're here. <laughs> Among many other things. Right. But yeah, so pretty much, uh, I mean, we're already halfway through and they're already, they've already, I know they redid Inspector Gadget. They're redoing Danger Mouse. They're redoing DuckTales. They're re- Voltron's about to come out this year. Uh, no Muppet Babies yet, but the old ones are still good enough to rewatch. So top five. And this is one that's already been redone before. And that's Thundercats. Uh, I think carto- I think was uh, Cartoon Network uh, did it a few years ago. Uh, it didn't last very long unfortunately but uh, I thought it was really damn good. Uh, it was a little a lot more kind of a serious and take on it. Because don't forget in the original Thundercats uh, Lionel was just a kid in an adult body. He was like, it was like Tom Hanks and Big. Mm. And, I, and of course like I think I mentioned on the podcast before I didn't even know that until many years later when I actually saw the first episode of Thundercats and all that's explained. <laughs> But the reboot on Cartoon Network was fantastic. It was really good. Unfortunately, it didn't last. They even did had a toy line come out for it to help promote it. But it was really, really good. So that one, just another one that's been redone. Uh, Not nope, moving right along. Number four, one are arguably the most successful today of all of these franchises, uh, and that's Transformers. Thanks oh. to Michael Fucking Bay for ruining it. I was gonna say the Green Guys were the most. Well, they're getting there, I, and they're
1: coming up shortly. I figured they would be. I was, that's what I was going to look up.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, as of now, Transformers, or, no, we're, at the, we're we're actually at the transition phase, because the new Ninja Turtles movie's about to come out, although they're shooting another Transformers movie, but that franchise has passed.
1: That sounds weird, huh? Yeah.
0: I was, I, I had to pause for a second, like, what's going on here? But, yeah, Transformers... And if you grew up in the 80s, you you watched Transformers. That's everybody did. I mean, pretty much all these top 5, I would hope you watched. Actually all these I hope people watched, but these are I mean, uh, who did not one of the first times I cried in a movie that I can remember was Optimus Prime dying, dying in Transformers the movie. <laughs> that still gets me. That's why come back, That's why he? the only the only good thing about Michael uh, the second Transformers movie was the scene, the fight scene where Optimus dies. That one, I'm
1: surprised you don't watch the Goldbergs because they had a whole episode about that. <laughs> see, and every our friends
0: uh, John and now versus nostalgia yeah. says that too. I should, again, I don't have don't have uh, cable. I mean, uh, I don't have cable, but I think it's on Hulu, isn't it? it? Yeah, it is on Hulu. That's uh, and yeah, they er, had like, a whole
1: episode about. It.
0: That was we'll, a good episode. We'll do an episode, and then like John, will say, "Dude, did you see the episode of the Goldbergs? They talked about that." <laughs> or you know, a week later, hey, I'll, uh, they yeah. talked about exactly what you were saying on the podcast. You need to watch it. I'm like, ah, I don't yeah. have cable. I don't have Hulu. <laughs>
1: eventually yeah. put it on your long list of things you should
0: watch i'll get to it it's just nostalgic really it uh no, well it, fuller house is a side yeah. of anything straight pure nostalgia sells to where it's <laughs> already been renewed for a second season unfortunately but this is
1: like a new side of it. it's like this one family's living in that yeah. you know in that time you know it's not like just some guy who's living in the 80s in today's world kind of like
0: yeah fuller house pretty much <laughs> but yeah transformers yeah. Of course, four movies. They're about to make a fifth one. They've had numerous incarnations and uh, other cartoons. I know uh, the only other version of Transformers I ever watched a good bit was Beast Wars because it would come on right before I'd have to go catch the bus for school.
1: I wonder if they have a Transformers board game, like a good one.
0: Might mm, I be- bet they have like a Monopoly version. I'd, I wouldn't know if they'd have an actual like, standalone game. Well, it looks like they'd have something. There's yeah. a Milton Bradley one. looks like it's from the 80s, judging by the packaging.
1: Battle of Cybertron. Yeah, this is 2003. Probably not very good. Nah, no, yeah. That's probably one of I think somebody should develop that. I bet that could be a mm, good title. I know
0: somebody who could. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Probably. All terrible. right. Top three. This was ho- This, and just coming up with 10 that I really liked was really hard. But like sorting out the top three, I had to pretty much just basically go by the impact the whole franchise had on my life in the 80s as a kid. And number three would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Has to be on the list. One of the greatest theme songs of all time, be it live action or cartoon, is just so. I don't know what that sounds fucking like. Fucking badass. Just that opening guitar, like. <laughs> it is so badass. Like I, I, could, I work. This is on my workout playlist. It's so badass. <laughs> this song is just badass. Well, the and
1: reference ends every episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's true. <laughs> and of course, Ninja, Ninja Turtles is uh, uh, arguably. I was into them as much as these next two. However, this is 80s revisited, not 80s and 90s revisited. Yeah. Ninja Turtles came out at the tail end of the 80s. You know, so they were definitely part of it. The last quarter of the 80s were Ninja Turtles, but there's a lot, you know, that's only a quarter of the 80s, so.
1: Have you been reading the comics?
0: Uh, the new one, uh, no, I'm sorry, not the new ones. I've yeah, been the reading. Yeah, IDW. Uh, Batman that has a crossover with Ninja Turtles. Really? And it's actually really good.
1: Oh, wow. Like, it's not... Well, I hear the comic's good, too.
0: Well, you, you've constantly recommended the Nickelodeon show. Yeah. Which was on Netflix when you recommended it, and then by the time <laughs> I I sat down, I'm going to watch Ninja Turtles.
1: I haven't caught up recently because uh, we cut the cord, but I need mm. to get back on that through other means.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And, of course, the movie franchise now, they're about to come up with a second one with Rocksteady and Bebop. Finally in a movie. It seems no like Toka a full
1: callback in the new one. It's like... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is good because, I mean, a lot of people didn't like the first one. I, again, I think you're... Uh, I read an awesome quote about what I'm trying to say inadequately in the next couple of seconds. <laughs> but how I went into it, like, expecting it to be Transformers-level bad, but because I went into it with such low, like, dead set that it was going to be bad... Mm-hmm. I went in looking at the good instead of going into Transformers thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome. And like, oh my God, this is stupid. That's right. stupid. That's stupid. Instead of just being like, oh, that's not as bad as I thought it was. There's so
1: much stupid stuff.
0: Because I know a lot of our friends hate the Ninja Turtles, didn't like the Ninja Turtles right. movie. I, again, I went in with zero expectation, low, below average expectations. Just like, you see what they do. And I was, wow, this is, I enjoyed this movie. Mm. More, than I, more than I probably would have if I would have gone in thinking like, oh, it's going to be awesome but I really enjoyed it. I'm ex- really, really looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Honestly, because of Rocksteady and be perfectly honest. Yeah, I want to nah. see Rocksteady and be waiting for Shame this us. since 1988 or 89 whenever the movie came out. Or 90. I think it was 90 because we checked it out for the podcast. It was, I think, a year too late. 90 or 91. Yeah. I don't remember. It was a little too shy, a little too uh, late for it. Hmm. But yeah. Uh, number two, there's, I mean, anybody who knows the 80s cartoons knows there's only two real contenders left.
1: And number <laughs> two is G.I. Joe. Uh, okay, then I know what the new one, uh, number one is.
0: Everybody, <laughs> if you any idea of this podcast that we talked about, I, I know you have it in you to know what the number one is. But anyway, G.I. Joe, the the biggest reason G.I. Joe isn't number one for me is because my best friend in the 80s uh, was a, a friend of mine named Ryan Varnadeau who would never ever listen to this podcast. But he had like... Everything GI Joe except the aircraft carrier. Sorry, bro. Beat you there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he had—he was big into airplanes. He had all the fighter jets. He had the Night Raven. He had uh, the Cobra Base. The kind of pterodrome. This is the
1: intro. This is not accurate. That's not. Yeah, that's not the cartoon. Everybody knows the damn
0: GI <laughs> Joe. Yeah. Oh, the Latino one. We have Spanish listeners. Okay,
1: here we go. Why do they still say American? On, they don't even say it. anything.
0: <laughs> they just didn't dub it. They didn't <laughs> dub the theme song.
1: They like can't find anybody to sing it.
0: <laughs> so, you think they so just would sort have of left the words in? Or yeah, at least just kept it original. That is so funny. They didn't even bother. It's the karaoke <laughs> no, no, version. They dubbed Duke saying G.I. Joe, but then they, they don't play anything else. G.I. Joe is oh, es an Esquadron Militar de las Fuerzas Especiales, entrenado para una sola misión, defender la libertad y evitar que la cobra, su organización terrorista, domine al mundo.
1: <laughs> Send that translation to 80sRevisited.gmail.com. That's awesome. I still can't believe
0: they didn't do the, the vocals on the song. It's bizarre. No, karaoke
1: version. <laughs> but like, anyway. Oh, we were supposed to sing that? I <laughs> will oh, put it up.
0: G.I. Joe, was the cartoon was so much fun. The movie was great a big part, huge part of my childhood. They would team up with Master of the Universe and Transformers, not just in comic books as they actually did, but in my bedroom with Ninja Turtles and every other, Thundercat and Centurions and everything would always team up with G.I. Joe because G.I. Joe, like He-Man, had the vehicles. You know, they'd all meet, the Ninja Turtles would rendezvous on the aircraft carrier to plan how to take out Cobra and Shredder and Mum Ra on the bookshelf across the room in his impenetrable fortress and all that so but uh yeah the only real reason it's not as high as master of the universe again simply because i had a friend that pretty much had everything gi joe except a few of the things whereas i was the exact opposite he came over we put it would be more so master of the universe scored his house it was all gi joe so obviously the greatest cartoon of the 80s hands down masters of the universe Mm. In fact, if Jesse was to, were to text me right no, I'm sorry. It's my I'm sorry. If anybody in my immediate family was to text me right now, it would be the I Have the Power text on.
1: <laughs> but not me. What's well, my? What would come up on my, the general? Well,
0: the general one right now is get to the chopper. Uh, okay, <laughs> but uh, Autumn has a specific one, and then. Immediate family have one, so if I get a text in the middle of the night, I know, and it's not, I have the power, I don't yeah. worry, give a shit about it. Right. I'm not going to answer it. I'm going <laughs> to go and sleep. That's pretty much the only reason, so I know, oh, that's be mom, dad, or Justin. Right. right. Just an easy way to yeah. figure it out. But yeah, no cart. No, as a kid, He-Man was number one for me. Birthday parties, t-shirts. Every Christmas was tons of He-Man. And of course, G.I. Joe and Transformers in there, but it was always, always mainly He-Man. So much to where I even still to this day love the Master of the Universe movie, although it came out four years after the toy line's relevance <laughs> and the cartoon's relevance. It was still the fact of the fact that He-Man they made him finally made a movie, and they keep trying and trying and trying to remake it. Even to this day, there's still always random new bits of information coming out about their attempts to redo He-Man. Hopefully, somebody will get it and they'll get it done right before <laughs> I'm dead. But no, and, and, and write it. I should. Just, I love it so much. In fact, this uh, Halloween, this uh, past Christmas, I got the uh, Dark Horse Comics released uh, two amazing books. If you're a He-Man fan, one is just the art of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and it covers everything: the movie, the car- all the uh, the three cartoons, the comic books, everything. It's a hardcover coffee table book. You can get on Amazon. Fantastic compendium of just the artwork of and the story of He-Man. But then also, they also released, this thing's the size of a fuck, of the Bible. It is huge. And it is the complete mini-comic collection. And it's more like regular kind of novel size, but it's hardcover. Weighs about five pounds. But it is both of those, if you're a He-Man fan, highest possible recommendation. They're just everything you get. I'm reading the mini comics, It's like, God, I remember opening this figure and reading this comic as a kid. Like, so many feels, as people say. <laughs> as the kids are saying these days, oh, it's right in the feels, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, all uh, and again, all these uh, ones that I've kind of mentioned on this top ten, I know these are most 90% of the people out there would say this is a per. Uh, this is a well done top ten list because these are the cartoons that are still relevant, that most people remember, that made a huge impact on kids of the 80s and are still relevant today. As mentioned, of course, with the relevance of Ninja Turtles, GI Joe. With- three movies, two movies now, and they're trying to reboot it again. Yeah. But uh, honestly, all of these franchises are still putting out comic books. Uh, maybe not Thundercats. Voltron was a few years ago. Uh, I'm cur- uh, I think uh, Marvel recently got the rights back to Masters of the Universe, and they've had a huge storyline uh, recently in, in the comic books, minor comic books of Masters of the Universe, which has been really great, uh, really awesome. And I know IDW still puts out... Uh, G.I. Joe comics all the time. In fact, they, I'm sure they cross over with everything, all the ID, uh, other IDW properties like Ninja Turtles and all that kind of stuff as well. So there's, there's no shortage of any of these properties today for the most part. In some medium or other, you can find them. And if not, there's always the internet and deviantart.com or some fan fiction sites. Yeah. So all these franchises are still alive and well. The heart of the 80s is still beating proudly. Mm. I'm proud to say But again, that does it pretty much for this version of animation. Like I mentioned, I think, on our first or second episode in the Fest, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing uh, some of the Japanimation films of the 80s, Mm. uh, some of the big ones, which we much more happy and positive reviews (laughs) for the most part, Mm. because those were adult films. Yeah. In the violent way, not the, uh, well, in the other way, too, for some of them, but different culture, different culture. But yeah... uh, that pretty much does it. So send your favorite best, worst of the 80s in terms of animation. Let us know what we missed, what we didn't talk about, what we, what you can agree upon, where I fucked up, where I didn't fuck up, <laughs> what I left out. Remind me of things I've forgotten from the 80s uh, as far as the cartoons go because if you go to any site and just look at cartoons from the 80s, there's hundreds of them. There's tons of them that I didn't even remember. Some of them I didn't even see. Even watch the intros on YouTube and like, okay, I never saw that. I have no clue what that is. But, uh, which means some of you out there do and probably watched it and have fond memories of it. And we want to know. So 80s revisit at gmail.com and of course our other podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network, Geekly Dose, Duo Attack, and all the other ones. And as always, a shout out to our friends in Lafayette at Now Versus Nostalgia. Give them a listen because they cover not just our decade but the 90s and 2000s and all sorts of fun stuff as well. So big shout outs to John and James over there. And then I haven't decided what we're going to do next week because I'm about to go on vacation. But hmm. it'll be a surprise so you, you'll be back <laughs> yeah oh yeah by the time this airs i'll be back so <laughs> yeah. the date of recording that's how we be, do it yeah we're recording in the f- past to broadcast in the future
1: it'd be weird if we were recording in the future to broadcast in <laughs> the
0: past your winning lottery numbers are 7 <laughs> yeah. 22 42 and 17 wait there's one more in there 37 there you go yeah. if those numbers win
1: good luck good luck yeah <laughs> maybe they're all very low considering <laughs> yeah. they raised it to like Sixty something now. I don't or know. I let,
0: like every time the Powerball is like a jackpot or whatever, just like I let the computer pick. I don't even oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the numbers
1: are. I let. Yeah, I let the computer pay my idiot tax. Yeah, I'm just, just
0: like. <laughs> I need five dollars worth of lottery tickets for the Powerball, please. Okay. Well, Here you go. They, you
1: can't even buy them for a dollar anymore. They're two bucks. Yeah, they're two bucks.
0: Crazy. Which I realized when they had the billion dollar one or whatever. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was a dollar. Yeah, and exactly. Like two bucks. That's what I said too. <laughs> So yeah, so thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate your feedback, reviews, all that kind of fun stuff. Communicate with us. We're we always need more here. reviews. Yeah, we haven't had any in a while. So I know yeah. we have our, our hardcore listeners who still listen. Yep. But you know, some days, you know, some days I'm just down. You know, I'm on a low carb diet. Some days I have too much sugar, and I'm <laughs> I, the next day I'm just really depressed and don't feel like living. just seeing a little person say, not a little person. (laughs) Specifically (laughs) little people, right? Your reviews. Not seeing somebody take a little time out of their day (laughs) to say how much they hate us or how much they love us would actually kind of break me up out of that sugar funk until my body re-regulates itself Mm. as I'm trying to lose this spare tire on my waist. So we appreciate everybody. And until next time, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga!